Now, first of all, why not stop, take a deep breath, and think for a minute. Can things really be all that bad? Moving now to less annoying clowns. There is nothing wrong with your radio. Do not attempt to change the station. We are controlling the transmission. Bring it on, son. Ah, it's just past four o'clock and your work day is starting to come to an end. You know what that means? It's time to crack one open and join the tailgate with former Gator pitcher and lord of the long ball, Jeff Cardozo. It's in the hole! You don't like my teeth, just don't shake my tree, man. The tailgate is brought to you by Sun State Federal Credit Union. And David Chevrolet. Now let's take you to the second floor Warner Hall on ESPN 981 FM 850 AM WRUF. We welcome you into a Wednesday edition of the Tailgate. Time to have some fun over the next couple of hours here on ESPN 981 FM. 850 AM WRUF. Jeff Cardozo here with you. Sports columnist for the Gainesville Sun. Pat Dooley alongside as well. Hello. We got Harold pushing buttons. And you are allowed to call. And you will want to call because today you get to listen to the lovely vocals of the voice of the Gators, Mick Hubert. For the first 30 minutes today, Mick is here live in studio. And he is going to uh, wow us. With uh, everything that he always does. Mr. Hubert, welcome. A pleasure to be on with you two <laughs> gentlemen today. Are you going to do your radio voice for us today? Or just a regular voice? I think it's just a regular voice today. It's Wednesday. But they, Yeah, exactly. And they're, <laughs> like his regular voice is, is pretty much the voice he uses. But then sometimes he gets excited. I don't know if you've heard that. A few times. Yeah. You know, I was talking to Lee McGriff about it on my podcast. And he was like, he said, man, there have been times I thought he was going out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I think the first time he told me that was at Kentucky in '93, yeah. well, and I wasn't aware of it really. Yeah. It was just I didn't I didn't know. Well, and, and you know, I, look, I, I'm sorry to interrupt that. My my story about that is I was actually listening to it on the radio in our office at the Gainesville Sun because I was sports editor at the time, and it wasn't a great sounding radio. Again, this is '93, right? And I, it's like this white noise is coming through and I and everybody goes what happened what happened I go I think something good happened for Florida <laughs> but I'm not really sure what happened yeah I you know I mean uh, I had a great view of it because we were lower you know Kentucky yeah. was yeah. low for a while and we were in the right like the 20 yard line uh, on that side, which was the box. side yeah. to be on yeah. that game and then we got now put to the left side then we got up and now they built a new press box we're up even higher where the windows don't Mm-hmm. Come open and it's a you know it is what it is you know you go on the road you like the players you don't have the comforts of home and so you have to make the adjustments but uh, that particular game I mean I I, I guess I was I, I kind of just in a zone you yeah know? and how and and I know you and I have talked and and you've said this about how that sort of indoctrinated you yeah. into the Gator Nation and we we've been doing a feature looking at. Gator greats from years past and, and doing different things. And we always do a live interview on Fridays, and last week's was Doring. So I then asked Chris the question and about that and saying, okay, you know, Mick, is that was sort of the call that put him on the map with the Gators, and, and how was it for you 
from that side. And he really said the same thing. I think he, he felt that you and him were almost like tied together for eternity just yeah. because of that moment. Yeah, I think so. Uh, really, I mean, uh, you know, Chris, you know, walk on at that time, and uh, who knew that he was going to go on and have that great career and, and for years and years lead the SEC in touchdown catches. I believe he's tied now with the record for 31. So he had a great career, but. I don't know that. I don't know if that was the first one. It may not have been his first one. He may have had one, one or two before that. But uh, really, he was kind of a, a nondescript player at yeah. that point. And uh, I don't know why. As I said, I've said before, I don't know why. I, I don't know why I said Doring's had a touchdown. I don't know why I didn't say Werfel's thrown a touchdown. I, I didn't didn't recognize Danny. But we were rot- not that we rotated quarterbacks. That we played two, and they the two <laughs> not very they, well. They had, thrown, <laughs> they had thrown seven picks in the game. So it just happened to be Danny's turn. And he was playing, and uh, you know, so Warfel's got, uh, Dory's got a touchdown, and who, you know, got they left him wide open too many times. My headline was, I wrote the headline, big headline. Doring does it. Like I like the daring, alliteration. Daring like do, you know, Doring does it yeah, with all the D's. Yeah. That was good. Proud of you. I used to write great headlines. Yeah, you used to be my, good. My headline on the, uh, the the day that Emmett had against Birmingham and Birmingham mm-hmm. against uh, Alabama. Was, I love this headline, Freshman Rush. Freshman Rush. Right? Went for yeah. 224. And when they, did scores. The, when they did the uh, the 100 Years of Florida History, they put that headline there. What a baby. I used to be, able, I used to be good at yeah. something else. There you <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah. I know, I, I'm not that good at what I do now, but I was good at that. I ain't as good as I once was. It's a nope. country song, right? Yeah. <laughs> that it is. Well, Mix, uh, always the best. If you want to speak to him, you're more than welcome to do it. 392-8255. We'll certainly talk about what is in store for uh, for this football and team. And other headlines that I've written. We'll talk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, game one for broadcasters, for coaches, for players, for everybody is, it's just, it's, it's new. And, and I loved talking to you a couple of weeks ago during the pregame because you even said, it's the, it's like you you're not really in game mode yet or you're just you're not in that cycle of going through it all. So to get going again and now doing it in four different decades and here at Florida for 30 years, how how was it to 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 get football going again? Well, Jeff, I remember making that comment and I also made a comment in the game broadcast uh to the point that you know the Gators played 13 games last year, went 10 and 3 and we just naturally assume that we're going to pick off and this is going to be game 14. But it's not game 14. It was game one. And so it was nine months ago that that team played really well over the last month of the season. And I think, you know, as a fan, you, you want them to, you know, start where they left off. But that's not the way it is. Each, each week is its almost its, its own entity. And so to think that they were going to come out and play that game as crisp and as clean as they did in that, the last four weeks of the previous year, yeah, it's just not realistic. And so, as I told you in the pregame, I said, you know, I listen to the season opening game that I do each year because my benchmark is can I be better this year in the first game than it was last year in the first game. I don't really necessarily expect myself to be in the 12th or 13th or 14th game, you know, doing it. In other words, I, you know, any announcer should be better in November and December than he is in August or September because you're doing it on a weekly basis. So, 
you know, it's. It, I also said it's. It's like riding a bike. You know, right? Riding the bike, you never forget how to do it. It's just that uh, you want to do it as as well as you possibly can, as quickly as you possibly can. And and I think the game lent itself to the fact that the, you know maybe unlike this week's game. You know, I talked to my buddy up in Maryland today, Johnny Holiday, been the voice of the Terrapins for forty years, and I uh, said, Johnny, you had a tough one. He goes, Oh, tough one. <laughs> they played Howard last week, beat yeah, them seventy nine to nothing. That, yeah. Those are hard games to do. And I said, Well, I, I might have one this week because you see, yeah, we had guys running in that weren't on the depth chart and and the, all these kinds of things. It's kind of hard to do. It's hard as a fan sometimes to watch uh, to know who's playing because sure. some of the guys might play this week that might not play again the rest of the year. You don't know. It's a little different now with the four-game redshirt situation. But back in the day, you had maybe one or two games. You, this would be the one you'd get to get in. We always kid. We always used to kid Brady Ackerman. This was a Brady Ackerman game. The, the Ackerman know? game yeah, gets in touchdown. That's right. So uh, you got to be ready. In that respect, Jeff, it'll be harder for us to broadcast Saturday's game than it was the one against Miami. Well, you hope it is. <laughs> You hope it's harder yeah. because if it's not, then you got there. There are some issues, uh, but, <laughs> but here's the thing, though. It doesn't it feel to you guys like it's a second opening game? Yes. Like like okay, there was this thing happened, and it was like weird and crazy and wild, and um, now Florida opens the season Saturday. That's, that, That's the way I feel. Like yeah. it's just starting on Saturday. Yeah, I'm not, uh, Lee McGriff and I had that conversation today. I said, you know. Uh, this is the you know it, it, it's a mismatch certainly on paper I said but you know uh, uh, everybody watched everybody we watched everybody else play last week we didn't play and so we haven't had a home game in the swamp since last November so I said you know it's it feels like it's a, a second kickoff so being the home opener I hope that there will be some some juice in the in the in the swamp Tennessee Martin may be showing. Just a film, like a cut-up film of all Florida's mistakes mm-hmm. in the Miami game. We can Thinking, beat this yeah, we team. Got, we got these guys. They, <laughs> they can't tackle. They can't do all these things. They fumble. They hit guys out of bounds. They, they it's just, terrible. They just might not want to let their offensive line see it because they go, oh, yeah. Well, that's a good. They point. just sacked Miami ten yeah. times. That's these guys point. were uh, were pretty good. Well. With it being the, the first game of the Swamp, the, they're doing something very nice and honoring George Edmondson. You, you've met and talked to him many times over the years. The, do you remember the, the first interaction with him or just remember the first time you saw him roaming through the stands and what you thought? Gosh, I, I, I thought it was wonderful, really. I mean, and then, and then to know the backstory of how it, how it started out. And, uh, and then when, when I came along in 1989, I guess he'd probably been doing it probably – what thirty some years by that point? Oh yeah, yeah more than forty. Yeah, he yeah. started in the forty some yeah, years, yeah. so he was institution when I began. You know, thirty years ago, and uh, I was just neat to watch him and the way he just one guy can, that, that doesn't have a uniform on can command the stadium like he did. And you know, uh, we talk brilliant. about. I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt you, but we talk about how uh, you know that what a great job he did. But I, I, I think he, I think we Gator fans. In the stands, started taking him for granted after a while, and then it was just like, oh, "There's Mr. Tubitz, yeah," because uh, the, the it's like the cheers would get smaller and smaller. Like the 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 people in that section, in that one group, would all stand up and holler, but nobody else did. You know, everybody else was just like, "Yeah, great, that's great, yeah, great, Mr. Tubitz, we're down fourteen to nothing. Come on, Mr. Tubitz." But I mean, that's the way it kind of was, and they got, and then when all of a sudden he took ill. And stopped doing it. Everybody went, oh, well, we want him back. <laughs> yeah, they, for, uh, they forget. Well, Mick, so speaking of noise, how much does that factor into 
each broadcast because you go to LSU and obviously that noise level is different than maybe South Carolina or Kentucky back in the day. Like when when you're preparing and watching, are, are you just trying to be like Kevin Costner in that great baseball movie? We've been we've been doing baseball movie and trivia well, is different. No, <laughs> for love of the game, great one where you can oh, clear the mechanism no. and forget no, about no, all no, that no. outside noise. Or are you now? so many years into this able to do that or does that still come into play in, in some different occasions no that that's part of going on the road i mean it's, it's very loud in the swamp too but it's a different loud because sure. it's it's your loud and so you just kind of get you just kind of ride the groundswell of that but when you go on the road and the game i point out last year was the one at mississippi state where they amplified all the noise in i mean it you cannot hear yourself, I mean, yeah. you, let alone I can hardly hear anybody else. And so it's very difficult. And I, I'll look back at Steve Egan and I'll go, turn it down, turn it down. He goes, it's off. It's off. Everything's off. Yeah. They're coming, it's coming through your mic and your mic alone. I go, well, nothing we can do about that. So it is, it is harder to concentrate. And I can't imagine if you're down there, you know, you know, you're down there as an offensive lineman, you know, you're trying to hear the snap count, all the kind. That's why you got to, that's why they, that's why they have offensive linemen have penalties on, on road games like that because they can't hear, you know. And so I, I do, I do, I do understand that it's tough. That's part of being on the road. You got to adapt to all those situations. And you know, we'll go to LSU this year. It'll be extremely loud, no question. It uh, it certainly will be. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. But before we do so, if you want to go to any stadium or any concert, we encourage you to check out the Seat Geek app. It has made my life a whole lot better. As I try to get away, have some fun away from the normal duties of everyday life. We all love sports, and that's what we talk about every day on the radio. And with the SeatGeek app, you're going to have access to millions of live events right in the palm of your hand. So whether it's seeing your favorite team in person or having to go watch Luke Bryan because your wife drags you to the concert, you're going to score points with the family. SeatGeek is going to pull millions of tickets from all over the web and they rate each deal on a scale of 1 to 10. Over 50,000 five-star reviews. I'm not the only one who loves the SeatGeek app. I bet you are going to love it too. It costs you absolutely nothing to download. I've got it on my phone. encourage you to do the same. Tons of events right here in North Central Florida, and SeatGeek has the tickets you want all in one place. And right now, just for trying it, SeatGeek is going to give you $10 off your first purchase. All you have to do is use the promo code GATORFOOTBALL. That's $10 off your first purchase. Use the promo code GATORFOOTBALL. Back with the voice of the Gators, Mick Hubert, right after this here on the Tailgate. Replays of all of WRUF local shows are now available on iTunes. Just search for WRUF, Steve Russell, or The Tailgate. You can also listen to them on our app or WRUF.com. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. We welcome you back to the tailgate, Jeff Pat, and the voice of the Gators, Mick Hubert. Mick here, thanks to our friends at Quality Plumbing, Quality Design Works. Brian and uh, the rest of the crew over there have been around, gosh, just as long as, as Mick has, and they do a, a great job. So you need any kind of plumbing work, gosh, you see their sign all over the place. And we know that you want to talk to Mick, so you're more than welcome to do so. 392 8255. He will be here for another. Uh, 10 minutes or so, so sneak those calls in, just like Santa Fe Steve did. Steve, what's up? Welcome. Hey, good afternoon, fellas. Uh, Mick, the last time I chatted with you, I shared something very, very special to our family with you, and uh, I'll share it again real quick. Uh, Mom died of Alzheimer's back in 2013. All of us were gathered 
up there at Lanier Estates in Gainesville, Georgia, and the Kentucky game was on uh, October of, of 2013, and Alzheimer's is, is, is just a terrible, terrible thing, but you can't, you could, we couldn't understand Mom at all. And we were watching the game. She was a Gator fan unlike no other, and she had the Gator blanket on her, and we're all gathered in a little room, and and the last thing we under the last thing we could understand, Mom, before she passed an hour later, was she 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 blurted out the words, "Oh my, oh my!" It was right after, right after you said that on the on the TV, and, and Mom said it, and, and so that's always going to be very very special for us and our family, Mick, as, as you are special to us. Uh, you came and spoke to a, a men's group a few years back, and you made a bigger donation to the men's group than all the men combined, and that. That really is a testament to you and your faith. My question, Mick, is um, we hear a lot about the football team and, and their weekly preparations for the game. Tell us and give us a little bit of insights on, on what you do to prepare for a game. Uh, what's a typical routine for you? And God bless. Yeah, Steve, thank you. Is this, is this good now? Okay. <laughs> Steve, thank you so much. And, uh, wow, uh, that, 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 yeah, that still moves me. Even today, the retelling of that, that story you just did that, so thank you. And uh, uh, the preparing for the game, I mean, it's, a, it's, just, it's just something I love to do. I mean, I, I love Saturdays, but I love Monday through Saturdays to get to the point to where on Saturday I can show up and just be a fan. Uh, you know, as I've said oftentimes, I wish I, I, wish I studied <laughs> as a student in college like <laughs> I studied for, the, for my tests on Saturday. That's, why, that's the way I look at it, Jeff. Mm-hmm. I got a test every Saturday. And so uh, what did you do Monday through Friday to get ready for? I just enjoyed doing all that, uh, the grunt work, the little numbers and all these little things, that most of which won't ever get used in a game. But, but, but when you do use the right stat at the right time, it's precious. Uh, and you don't want to get bogged down with a bunch of stats. But they do have meaningful impact if you use them when you're supposed to be used. Uh, so that that's what I, I do, and you know, on Mondays I spend a lot of time working on Florida stuff. Tuesdays is the other team. Wednesdays are special teams. I put all that together. Thursday I'm watching tape and and uh, writing some pregame show material and those kinds of things. I used to do the pregame show with the coach on Fridays. I did that for many years, about 27 years or so on Fridays. Started out with Coach Spurrier every Friday morning at 10:30, and then it was Coach Zook, and then Coach Meyer, and and, and Will. Uh, and uh, so, you know, that was, that's kind of what I did. It was a Friday morning tradition. It was great. But uh, now, Jeff, you've taken that over and doing a great job with that. I appreciate that. I don't have sure. to do that anymore. So, uh, but th- but that, that's how I do it. I, as I say, it's every day. It's kind of like Groundhog Day because every Monday is the same. <laughs> doesn't matter. I'll, I prepare on, on Monday for Miami and, and Tennessee and Auburn just the way I do on Monday for, uh, you know, Towson or Tennessee Martin. doesn't matter. Monday's the same. Tuesday's is Tuesday and Wednesday's Wednesday. And so that's how I do it. Basketball is totally different because you're playing two or three games per week. You have fewer players, more games, so you have different preparation style. But uh, getting things down on paper is important for me because I can I can remember I can remember as I write things down and where I put things and then and then I usually watch the tape later in the week after I've got the stuff put down. If I watch the tape and I watched some of Kentucky play the other day on Saturday and I watched it, but uh, I get I'll get more out of Kentucky watching Kentucky next week next up. Wednesday Thursday and Friday yep. than I than I did watching them on Saturday. And I'll I'll record this week's game that Kentucky has uh, uh, playing another Mac Mac school and so I'll watch that one on tape next week sometime also. So everybody 
get something different out of that. What are you getting out of watching the tape? Is it just familiarity with the the way that they line up, familiar with the quarterback's name, running back, different personnel packages? Yeah, I try and I try and get my my spotting chart lined up the way they line up. Yep. But that's sometimes difficult because, uh, in other words, do you have a right cornerback? and a left cornerback, and do they stay in those two positions, or is one a boundary cornerback and one a field cornerback? And, that, and so they're going to flip, mm-hmm. depending on where the boundaries to your short side or the strong side. And so uh, same way, you know, they, if you have a tremendously great defensive lineman, they may move him around. He may never, may never stand up in the same spot. But that's what I try and do. I try and look and see how they line up, and so then I try and uh, see how they kind of run a little bit. Just anything to, anything to give me an identification for how, how someone's going to look on the field. I suppose, you know, you do a lot of name and numbers, but there, if you can do something else beyond that, that helps. Uh, sock color, sock length, shoe colors, any, any of those kinds of things can help yeah. you when you got to do it just like that. Sure. You know? So that's what I'm watching tape for. And, and, and I also I also can listen to the announcers and see how, how well they've done their homework versus, versus what I've done. I'm not judging their homework. I'm just saying, Hopefully, I'm getting something from them that I don't have because mm-hmm. they may have access to people that I may not have access to. And if I if I hear everything I got, then I'm thinking, well, okay, I, I'm I'm okay, but you should have had more than me. Yeah, you know, you're working for the network. The home, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Sure. Hasn't this, hasn't this been a really? You know, we talked before about a second opening, but it just kind of the whole thing's felt surreal. Like I I call them in my on my podcast the investigators. I, I assumed until today. I assumed they were practicing, and we don't know what's going on over there because obviously they keep things close to the vest, and there's been no game and very little media opportunity. But the whole thing's kind of seems surreal to me. Yeah, it is. It, it, it is. The season has been. I mean, they went to camp in earlier than normal because they played earlier than normal. So they went to camp a long time ago in July. We played a game, and yet, well. I, I don't even know that because of the the holiday and the and the hurricane and all right. that, this didn't this didn't necessarily feel like a game week. I think true game week's gonna start next week. Mm-hmm. And that's when we can get in that yeah. rhythm and so yeah, I think it's gonna be it's almost like a, a reopening day again. Well it's just like today coming in, like usually on a Wednesday you see a lot of activity around that stadium. There isn't much going on. There's a little bit and they're starting to get it ready, but you know, obviously not having uh, students on campus on a Wednesday of game week for a home game, home opener. It's just kind of surreal because, um, you know, I guess what the the teachers and everything were here, right, today. The school was technically open, but it wasn't open for classes. So, um, yeah, it's just been bizarre to me. I don't know. Maybe I make too much out of that. But I wonder, you always wonder if it affects your team. Like they're used to going to class all this time, and maybe they're – maybe. Yeah, it's going to be more. good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the one thing about that is, and uh, is the fact that maybe it's in that case, it's it's good that we're playing this particular opponent mm-hmm. than to say now Kentucky's a bad example. Plus, we go to Kentucky, but l- l- let's say let's say it was Tennessee. I think next week's game will speak for itself because you, know, you beat them thirty-one years in a row, and they come in, and they beat you. I think we'll be we'll be really ready next week to play Kentucky. I don't think Kentucky's as strong as they were last year. Yeah, we we didn't have three starters on defense in the game. They were injured, didn't injured or suspended. This was a case we were without three defensive starters. I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying, hey, Kentucky had one of its best teams ever, and they beat us. To me, they beat us by about five. I think they the score was bigger than that. But I, oh, yeah. I dispute the end of the game where they they called that a fumble. I thought yeah, that was, was a forward incomplete pass. They pick it up and they run it in, and the officials go, oh, yeah, that's a touchdown. Give them six more. So anyway, we'll be ready for that one. So it, Tennessee might be a better example. So let's say Tennessee we're playing. Well, you know, given the fact that 
Tennessee got beat last week, but still, it's an SEC team. Uh, you know, we got to be ready for them. And it's it's better to be playing. I guess it's better to be playing Tennessee Martin this week than Tennessee, Tennessee Knoxville. <laughs> yeah, They're, I don't know which team would win that game though between the two. Of them. That's true. The way they played. <laughs> well, before we let you go, our guys, Florida's guys, when the first time you said Tony's name this year, he goes sixty six yards and you go nuts and everything's hunky dory. But then you only say Grimes' name once and Jefferson once and all these guys that we talked about in the offseason and so many different playmakers, there just wasn't much there yet. So do you feel I, – you're, you're, I guess the easy way to ask this question is we've tried to say they only ran 54 plays and you're big on all that stuff and run a number of plays. So like, I, I want your opinion on is that the reason why we didn't get to say and see a lot of the, this offense in, in the first game? I think so. I really do. I mean, you, you look at the three uh, turnovers, that probably takes 10 to 12 plays away. You're right. If you don't turn sure. it over, you probably got 64 to 66 plays. Think about this, 54 plays. So there wasn't a lot of uh, action to spread around. I mean, really, there, there wasn't. I mean, we had, we had a couple of short drives and you know, three plays for a touchdown. We had a, maybe four plays for a touchdown. So we didn't really have the ball much. They had it for 36 minutes to about our 24. So I think that was a big factor in the game. And then 54 plays, that, that, that's, that's way too few. Think about this. Boise State, they ran 108. They ran twice the number of plays. So somewhere in the middle, the happy medium is where you want to be. It just happens to be 81. And, uh, you know, so if you can get to 80 or 81 plays, that's right. what you should that's, want. But, and they didn't have that many games last year getting to 80. So no, I, mean, I had a couple. I, I yeah. think the last four games where they went 4-0, and I think they averaged about 77 so, yeah, a game. Exactly. Yeah, but, but other than that, it was in the mid-60s. So uh, I think we had we had one game last year. I wrote down there. I think we had forty four plays in that game. So yeah, it's hard when you don't have the ball ten twelve times a quarter to get it around. So mm-hmm. I, you know this is a game where we ought to be able to run eighty plays on Saturday. For yeah, sure, you would, you would hope so. Hope Although so. unless they score quick, well that's it. You know that's the thing. First and, play eighty yard bomb, and, and, and you know the, the, the footballs has changed over the year of the decades. We get all that, but back, and back when Coach Murray was playing, the last thing we cared about was time of possession because we'd <laughs> score in a minute and twelve seconds. Yeah. We led the league in You're scoring. We don't, we don't care how many minutes you had the ball. We're going to get forty eight fifty points. I can't believe that took them ten plays to score. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with these guys? <laughs> but remember back, again back back when he really had it well oiled and it was rolling. Yeah. I mean, it was almost like the defensive coordinator, whether it was Stoops or, or whoever, it's like, hey, I don't want to complain, but you're like scoring a little too fast. Can you give our, our guys to get around the, the, the sidelines for like you know, a minute and a half? We've got to go back out there again every time we turn around. Now, the, the good news is that every time you turn around, you go out there, there's seven more points added yes. to the Gator total. Yeah. But, I mean, it, they didn't say, hey, we, we don't get a chance to rest over here. Remember yeah. the first game Stoops coached? They scored like three defensive touchdowns. And Spurs like, I like that, you know. <laughs> it helps our points per game. <laughs> well, Mick, thank you for uh, for stopping by. I look forward to having you yeah. bits and pieces throughout the uh, the season, and we'll have certainly more to, to talk about after hopefully a bunch of plays and a bunch of points. Jeff, Pat, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Always do. All yep. right. See the you, voice of the Gators. He's on fire! Yes, he is. <laughs> Mick Hubert. And uh, Mick here, thanks to our friends at Quality Prumbling. Brian has been in business. Prumbling? you say Plumbing. Prumbing? You said prumbing. Your ears are going bad. No, no, you're no. getting old. I, you said prumbing. Well, if you start... don't read ABCs by now, Jeff, you probably ain't going to make it through school, man. Let's start learning. over with the read. Go okay. ahead. Start. Well, Brian is tremendous, and he has done a great job with quality plumbing That's better. for more than 
40 years. Family owned and operated since 1984, too. He's been in the business. So no matter how big, how small the project is, they're committed to courtesy, promptness, efficiency, and total communication with their customers. And that is why they are the best in town. Mix the best as well, so we appreciate his time. We will take a time out, come back with more of your phone calls next here on the tailgate.